in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Luca and LeBron both went for 40 last night and both lost. The Mavericks lost to the Wizards despite Luca going for 41, 15, and 6. And the Lakers lost to the Clippers for the 10th straight time despite LeBron going for 46, 8, and 7. So two really good games in losing efforts. We talked about this yesterday, not believing nine straight. Now it's 10 straight the Clippers have beaten these guys. Crazy number. That is a bizarre number. Uh, LeBron, by the way, has now scored 40 points in a game against every NBA franchise, and he is the only player to do so. See what Pat Riley said this week? No. Kareem's the best player ever. Wait, wait, what is that? What's the purpose of that take? Because because LeBron's closing in on the scoring record and passing Kareem. and Right, but like I mean, because, he, co- because he coached him. Yeah, yeah, but like Jordan exists. No, I, I don't agree with the take. I'm just saying, did you see what Pat Riley said? I did not see because it. Because he's closing in on this record and you know pat riley get off my lawn a little coached him um i mean kareem's one of the greatest i I understand but no jordan jordan is alive and well does pat riley have some sort of hatred for jordan i he definitely doesn't like lebron well yeah, yeah i got that but if you're gonna if you're gonna like take a shot at lebron and say somebody else is the greatest and say it's jordan and you don't say Jordan, then I'm then it makes me believe you don't like either right. one of Jordan or right. LeBron. And I don't know what his problem is with Jordan. We know he doesn't like LeBron. <laughs> and you're trying to make both of them mad at the same time. Um, yeah, he's going to pass it in, in February, right? Yep. 300 and something away. Yeah, or maybe so. it's less than that now after 40. And he's had back-to-back 40-point games. Some point in the next 10 games, LeBron James will be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Uh, in, and and I, I understand the question. NBA All-Star Game, Uh, we've had the captains drafting their teams for the past couple of years now. Normally, it's on television, on TNT, well before the game. But there's going to be a change. They're going to do the draft of the All-Star players onto which teams they play for right before the game, live on TV. So it's going to be like pickup style. Yeah, your pickup style. I don't want that kid. Yeah, happens. You got sure, to bring be last. fourth yeah. grade recess to life yeah. for these guys. They've exactly. never been picked last in a pickup no. game before. Now they get to experience what a bunch of kids experience yeah. every day in fifth grade. It'll I think it's great. great. It'll be hilarious. I want to see who's last. I want to see. The, they'll be, you know, probably smile and everything. But the, the inside, they'll be like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Well, last year would have been phenomenal when James Harden, Kevin Durant, and LeBron were the captains. And it was right after Harden got traded out of Brooklyn. And remember, he was hurt and then went to Philly and and all of a sudden he was cured and could play and all that. And LeBron refused to draft James Harden because he was trying to make Kevin Durant draft James Harden. And Harden went last because of it. Fred Van Vliet, Rudy Gobert got drafted over James Harden (laughs) because LeBron was trying to make Kevin Durant take him. And Durant was like, nope, not taking him. I'll take everybody else but him. Taman has the dribble, throws it out to Kelsher between the circles. He drives it on Johnson. Jab, step, tough jumper, no. Rebound tipped out by Lipsy to Grill. A three by Caleb. Good! By the way, before we get to that, I liked your point. If you're picking up pickup style, how are you getting the jersey? Unless know. the names aren't on the back of them. 
They got to be on the back of. They got to sell those I mean, things. I know, but so they've got two sets of jerseys. Some uh, seamstress is just working hard. They are just you better like the be ready who to go. Graves the the trophies yeah. right after the 18th hole. They could just have a jersey for each player for each team. Yeah, just as a way to be ready. They to can go. afford I, it. Right. I, what I really want is someone to like come up like, oh man, I kind of rolled my ankle there, and like halfway through, just be like, oh, uh, you're playing for that team now. Take off, uh, take off your jersey. <laughs> Just make them reversible. Just it's like they're just reversible. Oh no, shirts versus skins. Yeah, just shirts versus skins. That'll be better. Brought uh, you by Haynes. <laughs> number twelve, Iowa State beat number five, Kansas State last night, eighty to seventy six. Both teams six and two in the Big Twelve. TJ Otzelberger. There he is. Went to the Sweet there Sixteen last year. Top twelve yeah. team right now. Just knocked off the number five team in the country. Uh, he's going to have a legitimate shot yeah. at back-to-back Sweet 16 appearances, if not more, because of how good Iowa Maybe State is. Maybe he'll be is. here in Vegas. We got the Sweet 16. They're, in the if they're in the West, yeah, yeah, they'll be in Vegas uh, in the Can Sweet you imagine 16. Imagine TJ coming back to be in the Sweet 16 in Vegas. Why That'd not? Be great. Why That'd not? Be great. It's like Caleb uh, Grill. Yeah. Oh, Caleb Grill <laughs> loves this place. Remember? <laughs> yeah. He gave, he dumped on where the uh, basketball players had to live. He's like, yeah, we lived in a terrible part of town. <laughs> Bring him back. Put Iowa State team hotel in that same spot. It'll be fun. Step back one legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win. Georgetown won a game last night. They beat DePaul. That snapped a 29 game losing streak to Big East opponents. They had lost 29 straight conference games. And they snapped it last night by knocking off DePaul and Patrick Ewing who I assume is going to get fired after this season. I don't know. It's taken a long time because he's Patrick Ewing and it's Georgetown. I was going to say anyone else would have been fired a long time ago. But man, you got to fire him, right? No, you keep him. Why? Because of it's all cyclical. Eventually, it'll come around. <laughs> I don't think it will. I don't think you keep the guy that <laughs> lost 29 straight. I mean, granted, they kept the guy. I think he had lost 20 straight coming into this year. That's or what something. I'm saying. He would not have. If it's not well, Pat Ewing, then he's finally getting his key. He's finally getting his uh, his mojo back. Nah, like, it just took on. him five years. He finally got that one guy in that sound to stop taking one-legged <laughs> step-back jumpers. He finally got that message through, and now they can win games. So keep him around. But yes, Georgetown, big time win in college basketball last night. Next question. Uh, the Colts have narrowed their list of oh head coaching God, candidates so to seven. <laughs> Why is this like a high school recruit who is like, I've got my final 12 he's, schools? He's got all the hats in front of him. <laughs> pretty bad. Jeff Saturday is in that group of seven. Adam Schefter reported this morning that Jeff Saturday is getting a second interview. Jim Jim Ursay is going through all this trouble to interview 37 candidates to have finalists, seven finalists, just so he can hire Jeff Saturday and say, I did all this work and I thought Jeff Saturday was the best man for the job. He's doing all this. Signature win. They're not even he still wants to uh 49ers DeMarco Ryan's the DC still wants to do interview him. He's got to wait now. He's right? got to wait now. So that's now you're up to eight or nine guys. Oh boy. I mean, you, it's going to be Jeff Sunday. It is. <laughs> it is. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be him. And he already knows that. And Jeff Saturday's already been in the building. Yep. So he can wait, he can wait on D'Amico Ryan's and the 49ers to lose or win the Super Bowl. 
and do his interview and then say, all right, we're giving it to Jeff Saturday yeah. because we already knew that's what we were doing. He is so hiring Jeff Saturday. Oh, my God. It's a nightmare. Can we just set the Rooney rule on fire? Yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it does ruin the stat of Josh McDaniels being the only coach to ever lose to Jeff Saturday. Because if he comes well, back, now. he's, well. he's going to win a game. They're not going. <laughs> you, oh, they're, come on. They're winning a game. They're going to get Derek Carr. They're going to win a game. Raiders, they, play, Raiders play the Colts next year? Do they year? play the Raiders? I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Derek Carr and Jeff Saturday beat Josh McDaniels. I got to look that up. Great question. Thanks, Thank Josh. you. Bronny James is a McDonald's All-American. One of 22 players named to the high school All-American game. Uh, he is not committed to a school for next season, which seems surprising, right? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know the dad's going to have a lot to do with this in terms of the final decision. Um, he's obviously going to go to school for, what, a year at least? Let me ask you this. 14 points a game, not a five-star. Should, should he make the team? I mean, I know I neither of us care about who makes the McDonald's All-American game, but this, so you, this was from the son yesterday who's absolutely furious at this. Oh, he's mad at oh, this? He's, furious. he's not a five-star. He only averages 14 points. What is this? I'm like, he's LeBron James's kid. Come on. Uh, I have. I don't care. It's like court, it's storming the court. I don't care. I enjoy that your son is that upset about it. Oh. Um, I imagine other people are that Shouldn't upset he be about studying? it as well. <laughs> no, he's got to give his hot takes. Come on, Jared. He's got to give us hot takes on the All-American team and whether I, I, or not Bronny should be there. I will say we did miss an opportunity when we were working from home <laughs> for Ed son to randomly yell hot takes from the background. <laughs> that would have been good, especially if it was this one. I believe I'll, I'll defer to somebody that maybe knows more than me. Uh, Jeff Goodman did tweet yesterday that Bronny James uh, had earned it. Okay. So I, I don't. I have no idea. Care. I don't know who the snub is that would have gotten right. in if it wasn't <laughs> exactly. Bronny James. There's some kid in the middle of Iowa going, what the hell's going on here? Probably should feel bad for that kid, but I whatever. Put Bronny James in it. If you're, if you're McDonald's, you want Bronny James in it because we wouldn't be talking about it this morning if it wasn't for Bronny James because I can't name another player in that. I did see a story that Kentucky's got like five signees in this game so Kentucky might actually be good again next year but by the way next year Raiders at Jeff Saturday oh Derek Carr uh, and Jeff Saturday and beat and Josh Jeff McDaniels Saturday. oh man does anyone else think Bronny James sounds like an old blues singer just the name Bronny James yeah. <laughs> okay that's a great great question Tyler just gave me the cool move on the Patriots are hiring Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator at Alabama the last two seasons. He was a head coach with the Texans, went 52 and 48, uh, four playoff appearances in six and a half years. And he has a butt chin. Uh, anybody's better than Matt Patricia, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's got to be better than Matt Patricia. By the way, if you are the Alabama offensive coordinator, you're getting a better job in like two years. They all do. Yes. They all get head coaching or this is a better job for him. Right. Like you just, it's like, oh, I, I got fired by whatever job I was at. Nick Saban wants to hire me. All right. Two years in Tuscaloosa. And now I'm back yeah. right to where I was before it, almost. It rehabbed Lane Kiffin. Right. That should be, yes. that should be like. It got Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas job. Yeah. It's incredible how <laughs> many guys have had that job and have gone on to be a good a head coach at a good school or in the NFL. It got Steve Sarkeesian after he was drunk 
at a like fundraiser with alumni yeah. and Lane Giffen after some of the most like burn the bridge on the way out firings <laughs> of all time. And it's like, hold on, let let Alabama clean you up a little, yes. buddy. <laughs> no, great, great question. Ezekiel Elliott wants to stay in Dallas. He told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, I want to be here. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you the future, but I definitely want to be here. Uh, Michael Gelkin reported yesterday that Ezekiel Elliott would be willing to take a pay cut. So uh, his cap hit for next year based on his current contract would be $16 million. If the Cowboys cut him and make him a post-June 1st cut, then he would have a dead cap hit of $5 million. So they can not save eleven million yeah, if much. they cut him. Um, but if he is willing to restructure his deal, then it could be an even better situation for the Cowboys, where you might come back and you might cost even less than that. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens. He was not very good this past season. Tony Pollard was better. Tony Pollard was a better player. Um, Pollard though did what did he break his fibula? Yeah, yeah, he suffered a pretty significant injury. I think the timeline, he should be back for the start of the season, but running back, coming back from an injury, how much do you count on that? There is reason for Dallas to maybe want Zeke back if he's willing to restructure his deal. Um, Just be curious how much he's willing to restructure because if I'm the Cowboys, I don't want to pay him really more than like $4 million or something like that to come back. If he wants to restructure and make eight, I'm saying see you later. Right. If he wants to restructure and all right, we'll pay 3.5. I mean, I think Zeke's lost it. There's no, there's zero explosiveness. No. None whatsoever from him. Like goal line wise, sure, give him the ball and he can short yardage run through somebody for like two yards. Yeah, sure. But Pollard was so much better than Ezekiel Elliott this season that you shouldn't want Zeke back. And honestly, even if he's willing to take a pay cut, you might be better off going with, hey, we drafted a guy in the sixth round. And they have somebody that was behind Zeke and Tony Pollard this year. They might be better off giving that guy carries this year. So we'll see. But Zeke could be a free agent that nobody wants to sign. Coming up next, is Josh Jacobs going to be a free agent too? Four games this whole entire year. Four games out of nine, was it 19 games that we played? And we lost four of those games. We had a, we had a great season. We had a great year. I'm, I'm super excited, man, and just because we lost to the, to the Bengals, it, it doesn't diminish the type of team that we have. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Later in the show, we got the Bryant tickets, we got tickets to the East-West Shrine Bowl. Stay tuned. That was Von Miller talking about the Bills season. That's an interesting way to look at it. We lost only four times out of 19 games, even though one of them was the biggest Very game important. of the season in the and playoffs against there. the Bengals. Yeah, but hey, only lost four. Um, Josh Jacobs is on yeah, Twitter. What's this about? All right, so so we got tweets to read from Josh Jacobs. Come on. First one he sent, it got to make sense for me. Okay. That's fair. Sends that on its own. Now, it does have to make sense for him. Josh Jacobs is a running back in the NFL. Josh Jacobs doesn't have a contract for next season. Josh Jacobs said something similar to this when he talked to the media after the season ended. So when Josh Jacobs tweets, it got to make sense for me. Most people, or at least me, assumed that Josh Jacobs was tweeting and was reacting to a contract conversation he had with the Raiders. Yes, that he has, they have presented him with an idea of, what they think is best. And that response would be him saying, 
It doesn't it make doesn't, sense for me. It doesn't me. make sense for me. No, thank you. He did follow up to that saying it's more about life, but football too. Okay. Which lends me to think that he wants to stay here. Well, like he has said countless times. I read that tweet as him saying, like he tweets, it got to make sense for me. And everybody's like, oh, the Raiders need to sign you or whatever. I read the money's not right. I read his follow-up tweet as being, oh, I'm not tweeting about the Raiders or the contract. I'm tweeting about something else in my life. When he says it's about, it's more about life. All right. I can see. No, I mean, I, I still think that it got to make sense for me. I can't see where that's not about football. And I, I agree. Just, I think I, Josh I, Jacobs I think was trying to cover himself yes, and, and because he got some, you know, the comments and the blowback and, Although with Raider fans, I did not read the comments. A lot of them were pay the guy. A A lot lot of them were pay pay the the guy. guy. Yes. Yes. They're going to Raider fans jump on the bandwagon of supporting their guys. So they, I'm sure, said, oh, are you getting taken? Are you getting screwed? They got to pay you. Like, (laughs) I I think that would have been a lot of responses from the Raider fans. Doesn't he want to be on a winner? Didn't he say that, that he's tired of losing? Well, everybody is. Here's, Here's the other part, though, if you are Josh Jacobs. Um, he has not sent a tweet since January 15th until yesterday. So it's not a guy who's on Twitter every day tweeting about whatever. He also, if you go through his retweets and his regular tweets, uh, 90% of these are about football. Yes. And about him, right? Like he's got a retweet from December about, uh, good morning football on NFL network talking about Josh Jacobs. Right. So (laughs) his Twitter account is about 99% football, him and football, like his football career. So if he tweets, it's got to make sense for me. Yeah. I, there's no reason to assume it's not about the contract conversations he's having with the Raiders. So here's, there's two, two ways to go about this. We'll start at the first one. What makes sense for Josh Jacobs? Well, for Josh Jacobs, it makes sense to get a multi-year contract. I think in his head and his agent's head. That's what they would think makes sense. At least two years guaranteed money. Yeah, at least or two years. Or maybe like one year deal. plus the next half of the next year is guaranteed, guaranteed something like that. For him. Right. I agree. Anything, if you're a running back at this point, multi years of guaranteed money is what you should yeah. be shooting for and is is great for you. What makes sense for the Raiders, though? To tag him. You think well, okay. Besides the tag, what would the rate? What contract would the Raiders sign with Jacobs that they would be like, "Oh yeah, we'd rather do that than tag him." Oh, one year guaranteed, four say, year yeah. deal, three years, one year guaranteed. So if the if we go off the tag is a the tag is basically a one year fully guaranteed ten right. million dollar deal for running backs. That's essentially what it is this year. So if we go off of that, Jacobs we assume is not going to accept anything less than $10 million guaranteed, right? No, because if he could just that, get because tagged, that's because that's what the going rate right. is on the franchise. He could tag. just get tagged and get yeah, 10 and million get guaranteed. That. So if you're the Raiders, are you doing a three year deal, 10 million a year, but only one's guaranteed? I mean, to, to satisfy him because he gets a multi-year deal. If it's the same money, 
Yeah. I mean, basically, you're giving yourself an option in years two and three if you want to bring him back for another $10 million or you just cut him after year one and he gets the same amount of money he would have gotten on the franchise tag. Or are you willing to do, hey, it's a three-year deal. In year one, you get $8 million, fully guaranteed. In year two, you get $8 million. Half of that's fully guaranteed. So you get Jacobs gets twelve so million guaranteed. Difference of two million, and, but it's spread out over two years. And if you bring him back in year two, you pay him eight million dollars right. again. In which case, it could be an extra year, an extra eight million. That's what I think potentially makes sense for the Raiders to do: is give themselves whatever they do, give themselves the option, give themselves control. Do they want to bring Josh Jacobs back in twenty twenty four? Right. If you if you sign him to a deal, obviously you're going to have him for 2023. But give yourself the ability to get out of it or to bring him back and only, in and only pay him a little. Right, and have it essentially be a year to year. And maybe to get Jacobs to agree to it, you've got to give him some guaranteed money in year two. If you're going to sign Jacobs to a contract, that's what I think the Raiders should be trying to do. I would make the argument they should just not sign him at all. They should franchise. Like to me, the best Don't case you think scenario franchise tag. Him. The best case scenario, if I'm the Raiders, I tag and trade Josh Jacobs. Right. I don't tag and play him. I tag and trade him because I don't, he's a running back. I don't want to pay the running back ten. He's million. a running back, and he's not going to produce what he did last right. season. And I don't want to pay him ten million, even just on a one year deal. If somebody else wants Josh Jacobs, okay, I'm going to tag him, and then you're going to trade me a pick for him, and then you can negotiate the new deal with him. It's exactly what the Raiders did with Devontae Adams, right? right. The Packers right. tagged him, and then the Raiders traded for him, and the Raiders and signed him to a deal new deal. Exact same scenario, but with Jacobs. Obviously, you're getting much, much less for Josh Jacobs. Like right? In that scenario, you're thrilled with a third, and you're probably yeah. taking a fourth for a running back right. in that situation. So that, to me, is what I would do if I were the Raiders. I would be tagging Jacobs and then trying to trade Josh Jacobs, I would not be wanting to commit guaranteed money to him just because it's not going to be that helpful to a team next year. You can get away with cheaper running backs giving you production and still score points, still potentially win games. Yeah, Zamir White and then whatever guy they sign or draft again in the NFL draft, and that should be enough to get it done. That's Have the Patriots, we'd have to go back and look. How often have the Patriots franchise tagged a running back? I feel like I that's know. not where they what use they the franchise that, tag. Not their business? Yeah, I think they normally would just let the running backs walk yeah. and maybe use the tag on a different position. I mean, I think the Patriots were always known for trading guys away like while they were still good. So like Vince Wilfork was still great and they traded him away for, and he was like, Still a pro bowler for Houston for one year, and then suddenly, oh, God, he's terrible. So they should have traded Jacobs at the trade deadline. Probably. <laughs> is there is is there any way that they could make, because based on his tweets, he likes to retweet himself if it's like, okay, two-year deal, base salary, but it's super incentive-laden. Like, if you're the... FedEx ground player of the year or of the <laughs> week. That's a million dollars. FedEx so at, ground player of the week. Every time any sort of accolades, most carries of the week, you get a, a $250,000 for getting that uh, best of the media award. <laughs> right. He like you just genuinely, it's yeah. like you could make $500,000 or you could make 22 million. It's all on you, man. Do you know how great it would be if there was an incentive to win the 
media, media award for yeah. being the best with the media all year. Well, that would if be it was enough funny. money, there'd be a lot more guys oh. in that locker room talking on cleanout day. Listen, you, Paul Gutierrez, you guys need to start put. You guys need to start knocking on Dave Ziegler's door and say, "I got a clause for you to throw yeah, into exactly. these contracts." Million bucks for whoever wins this award. And I genuinely think there would still be guys who would be like, nah, it's not worth it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> There's going to be some special teams player who's just like, I'm winning this freaking award. AJ Cole, are you kidding me? I'll talk to anybody. He usually does anyway. All right. Coming up next. Except us. Jason Fitz <laughs> joins the show. We're happy he's going to be here. Hopefully we can get something done with his his representatives. And that would be the goal to build a team around him where he could you know, lead us to win the Super Bowl. We're going to have these off-season meetings here at the end of the week, and we're going to talk about it. And then with the resources we have, we're going to talk to his representatives and hopefully be able to get something done. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Who is fit? Joining us now from ESPN Radio, you can hear us. Hear him right after us here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Jason Fetz. Good morning, Jason. What's up, Jason? Good morning, gentlemen. How we doing? Good. Uh, All right. Here's a here's a fun question for you. One-legged Patrick Mahomes is better than every Raiders quarterback since blank. Uh, I, look, I would take two-legged Rich Gannon over one-legged Patrick Mahomes, I think, in his prime. Other than that, every other Raiders quarterback in my lifetime. Uh, like, let's just let's just go. Like, because here's the thing: I'm 45, and so I always tell people like, I my first vivid memories of watching the Raiders games with my dad. I was probably seven, you know. So we're talking about 1984 ish. So from 84 to now, I'll give you two seasons of Rich Cannon over one leg of Mahomes. The rest of them are all like it's not even a wash. It's just a pro Mahomes. Like I'd rather have a one legged Patrick Mahomes than a two legged Derek Carr any day. No offense, DC. Like uh, this, this is one even, isn't even close. Uh, you know, Pogo Stick Mahomes can still outduel almost anybody in the NFL. So you know that that's the new reality of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Can he outdo a cool Joe Burrow? No. I, look, I, I guys, I don't just like Joe Burrow at this point. Like I have a massive man crush on everything about the way Joe Burrow plays the game, uh, you know, from the fact, the fact that, look, he's taking a ton of hits, but he's not typically a guy that puts his body at risk. So I feel really comfortable knowing that if I can ever protect him, which the Bengals have been flipping about at times, you know, you've got a quarterback that's going to be healthy, but you've also got a quarterback that is just the smartest guy in the room. And I, I stood on the sidelines at the, the year that they won the national championship. I was at the national championship game. And I had 10 people around me that all played the game. And I said to him, why are we not talking about him the way that we talked about Andrew Luck? And at the time, everybody was like, yeah, probably should be coming out of college. And he's been even better than that. The way that Joe Burrow reads at the line of scrimmage is the most underrated part of his game. He puts him in the right play every stinking time, and he makes every stinking throw no matter what you do to him, and he stays cool in the process. Like Right now, today, I I think – while they're both probably like you can't have a tie in sports talk, I would I, I wouldn't turn down Mahomes or uh, Joe Burrow if I was starting a franchise with one simply because of the health. I would take Burrow because I know that Burrow is not going to put his body at the same level of risk. All right, so bleak outlook for the Raiders' future. You're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow's in your conference. Trevor Lawrence is in your conference. Lamar Jackson maybe stays in your conference. Justin Herbert's in your conference. Josh Allen is in your conference. That's a, a steep mountain to climb if you're going to win the Super Bowl because most likely over the next five to ten years, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat at least two, if not three, of those six quarterbacks in the playoffs. So 
if you were the Raiders, is the best chance to catch those teams, the best chance to be one of those teams, to do everything you can to find a franchise quarterback or to try to build a team like the 49ers did where the quarterback is kind of not as important because everything else is so good? Well, and and the latter of the two is my favorite approach in football. Uh, I, I will say this. When I was asked the other day in our production meeting getting ready for Fitz and Harry, somebody said, do you really think that you can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? And I laughed and said, if I'd asked you a month ago, do you think you could win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? Like This isn't Brock Purdy being that good, and although he's played very efficiently. This is a statement of how thinking good the 49ers roster is top to bottom, right? So, you know, a year ago, we didn't think you could win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. Nobody was sure if he was that guy. And you surround him with great weapons, and he is. In fact, if you take a look at all four of these teams that are playing this weekend, don't just look at the quarterbacks. Also look at their skill position sets and how dynamic they are all over the place. So there's one or two approaches for the Raiders, and they have to figure it out right now. If you believe with any part of your soul that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, if you believe, I, I, I guess I have to say Will Levis because everybody else does, <laughs> if you believe any of those three quarterbacks can be the next Patrick Mahomes level player, not the next Patrick Mahomes, but just on the same tier, if you believe any of the three of them can do that, then you mortgage whatever you have to mortgage to move up with the Bears and get that first pick and take exactly the guy you need. You have that obligation with this quarterback situation. If you do not believe that any of those guys can be Patrick Mahomes level, then stay where you are, take the best player available every single round and go out there and make the entirety of your, your, your team better. Like, I, I mean, how much better is this defense if Max Crosby isn't doing all the pass rushing by himself and if there are better corners in the back that can actually cover, right? Like, I, I think there are so many deficiencies for this team. Unless I think that one of these quarterbacks is Mahomes, and, and I don't, by the way. Like, if this was next year and you were talking about Caleb Williams, then I would take him up the next three drafts. Go get you Caleb Williams. If we're talking about Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, boy, they better be 100% certain that they're moving up for that guy. I think, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud can be both, both be very good pros. I think asking them to be Joe Burrow, asking them to be Patrick Mahomes, like that's, that's not just asking them to be good. That's asking them to be Hall of Famers. I'm not sure either of them have that. So sign Brady. <laughs> um, I think you address everything in the roster. Like if, if I'm just making a prediction right now, I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of this team next year. And I, I know uh, nobody thinks that's sexy. I don't really care. Zach like, Wilson. I, I, oh, Zach Wilson. Oh my God, Zach Wilson. <laughs> here's my here's my thing with Zach Wilson. And you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this until I'm blue in the face. Um, go in and, and I would tell anybody like find. Your, your favorite college football reporter, your favorite college football analyst, and ask him about quarterbacks. Because I think the guys that live, eat, and breathe the sport, covering it every single day that are passionate about it, are rarely drastically wrong about quarterbacks. So this just in my experience. And I interviewed Zach Wilson before he came out for the draft. And, you know, coming off of one huge year at BYU, uh, in a COVID year where people couldn't game plan for anybody, and he had this massive season. And I asked him in the interview, what, what changed? Why the rise in your productivity? What's changed in your process that's allowed you to be so much more successful now? And his answer to me live was, man, I don't know. Um, you know, it's just I guess things are sort of clicking. I'm not really sure. Well, if you can't tell me in this weird year to COVID why you got better, maybe it's a fluke. And that's what it's looked like from day one. Like some of these, Sam Darnold, guess what? He was a turnover machine at college. He's a turnover machine in the pros. He's not a great quarterback. Zach Wilson was never going to be good it, 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 uh, it, for the Jets. It, it was never going to be a good situation. So, 
you know, this is Anthony Richardson to me. Like, if somebody takes Anthony Richardson and then puts him on the field year one, and then we're going to sit here three years from now and call Anthony Richardson the bust, maybe it's the organization that drafted him too high and didn't put him in the right situation. So draft Anthony Richardson, tank for next year, and get Caleb Williams is what I'm hearing. I, I told the bosses, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm hosting the digital draft broadcast, 10 million viewers last year, very proud of it every year. I'm hosting it again this year. I already know that. And I said, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to bring a bottle on that set. And if the Raiders draft Anthony Richardson, things are going to get weird. I don't know. Like, they, they tell me that I can't have the label. Uh, I can't tell everybody that it's Tito's. But, you know, we're all going to know it's Tito's. And I'm just going to put the shot glass there, and I'm going to start pouring them. And uh, it might be my last day at ESPN, but I blame the Raiders for it. We completely, if the Raiders draft Anthony Richardson, it'll end my career. I, I, that, that's just obvious. Uh. Josh Jacobs with some, not cryptic tweets, but matter-of-fact tweets. It's got to make sense for me. Then he followed up, it's more about life but football, too. It's got to make sense for me. You think there's already been offers on the table? Yeah. I mean, that's the way I read it. And here's how different that is than what Saquon said. And I think Saquon and Josh Jacobs are squarely looking at each other like a Spider-Man meme right now, right? Because Saquon has had some, some issues staying healthy, but coming off an absolutely huge season and now needs his money. You know, and when Saquon was asked about it in the locker room afterwards, he said, I get, you know, that there's portions of this and I haven't always been healthy. And, you know, I get that, you know, this is a business and blah, blah, blah. He said all the answers that sort of made it clear that he understood the value might not be what he thinks it should be. Josh isn't saying any of that, and he shouldn't. He's 25 years old. 25-year-old running back coming off of that season, my man must be get paid. And this concept that, that so many fans have of, well, don't pay him. Okay, well, fine. If you don't want, if you don't want to pay the one person on your, the best player on your offense last year, uh, what are you going to replace him with? Because Zamir White, if he was the answer, would have gotten more carries throughout the course of the season if he was the answer right now. But then the other side of it is, like, we constantly ask these athletes to take less, and I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, if, if anything, the DeMar Hamlin situation should remind all of us that every single athlete has the right to get every single penny. And I would just challenge people listening. Like, if you work at a, a factory, if you work at a car dealership, if you work for a computer company – and they came to everybody that worked for you and said, guys, if you take a little less money, our company can make more money this year. Would anybody listening do that? So why would Josh Jacobs? Like, the salary cap is mostly an illusion. Players can get paid when they want to get paid. He should get his full and fair market value. If I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm looking around and I'm saying, okay, it's not going to be any less than 14 or $15 million a year. You know that they got to franchise him. And if they franchise him for one year, that means the beginning of this is going to start like the opening offer if a franchise is $13 million, oh, quick math, the, the second year they would have to raise it by 20%, right? So 20% over $13 million would be roughly $16 million. So that means a two-year offer would have to start at two years, what, $30 million to make it make sense? Uh, that, that's the opening offer for him. So if I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm looking for three years, $45, $50 million, and I'm looking for as much in guarantees as I possibly can get. If the Raiders won't give it to him, somebody will. No chance the Raiders give him that much money. Well, the, I, I don't disagree with you, but then the question becomes, will he lay me on Bell? And that, that's what we don't know the answer to. I mean, he's young. He's got plenty of tread on the tires. They can, they can franchise him. doesn't mean he has to show up. I'd tag him and trade him. Um, before we let you go, we got Luke Bryan tickets to give away. I can't remember if I've asked you for a Luke Bryan story before, but do you have one? Uh, I mean, plenty of Luke Bryan. So with my first tour with the Bay Perry was us on 10 feet of stage. If I die young had just come out. And uh, it was us playing before Luke Bryan, who was just starting to really blow up. 
who was playing uh, then before Tim McGraw, who's the headliner on that tour. And uh, by the way, an incredible tour. But we were all like <laughs> working on our fitness. Like we were all trying to get out there. Like the Van Perry folks, we were all trying to get out there. And I, uh, I, a buddy of mine uh, and I were doing Insanity. You know, those are like Sean T workouts. Yes. We were doing Insanity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we do them after the show every night. Um, you know, we go out by the bus and we do Insanity outside. So Luke found out about this and he thought it was really funny. So Luke and his boys would sit all of their little, like, they'd sit their lawn chairs out, they'd sit up beer pong, and they would just get really trashed, like drunk, while we were doing Insanity so they could make fun of us the whole time because we were working out while they were having fun. Looking back on it, he was right, too. Like, I'm telling you, the Luke Bryan guys had a lot more fun than we did on the road. I think they did it the right way. We were always like, business, business, business. And they were all like, ah, let's have a party. So, uh, yeah, Luke, Luke uh, and I'm telling you, um, you know, my, my guy might sound like Gomer Pyle when he sings, but he knows how to shake it in the tight jeans. So. He's an entertainer. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about that. I mean, if you want your nasally conquering her own thing, hey, Romy, go. You won't, you won't, you won't go to many better concerts. Like just, just, you know, put earplugs in and look at him and it'll be perfect. All right. He's Fitz. From Fitz and Harry. You can hear him right after us. Thanks, he's got, Jason. He's got the suit on today. You're looking good. Thank you. It's Dress for Success Wednesdays on the show, boys. Appreciate you. So there's Jason Fitz again. Fitz and Harry right after us here on ESPN Las Vegas. He did not sell that at all. He said it was a great concert. Two tickets to go Don't see listen. Luke Bryan. Friday, February 10th at Resorts World. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number if you want to win a couple of tickets to go see Luke Bryan. Be caller number nine right now at 702 702- 364-1100. Bam! Jumper from the free throw line. Splash! He's got 30! We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. <laughs> uh, degenerate Danny is not in today. By the way, congratulations to David. He won tickets to go see Luke Bryan. We've got more tickets later in the show to the East-West Shrine Bowl. But the Associated Press... Their NFL awards, the finalists were announced today, and Brock Purdy is a finalist for Rookie of the Year. Degenerate's got the slip on him, doesn't he? Uh, No, that's the thing. He he never bet on him. Yeah, he couldn't pull the trigger. He he never bet on Brock Purdy to be Rookie of the Year. He came on the show. He changed his Twitter handle. Yes. He's gone all into this kid. Yes. All on board, and he didn't even bet it. No, never bet it. He just wants to be able to tell me that he was right. Because he I came mean, on, I don't know, was it Brock Purdy's second game or whatever? He came on and was like, Brock Purdy's going to do this the rest of the year and be rookie of the year. And I called him an idiot. Well, Degenerate's gotten the best of you so He's far. He's been, this has worked out very well for, for Degenerate Danny. Yes, exactly. Very well for him. And now he needs him to actually take home the award so that he can point and say I was right. Or he was right, I guess. Um, the problem for him is that these awards were voted on before the postseason these are regular season awards so you know Brock Purdy winning the Super Bowl doesn't actually help his help him win rookie to be of offensive the year. rookie yeah. of the year and he actually said I think you were gone one day he actually told me like he doesn't care anything that Brock Purdy does from here on out he just wants him to win rookie of the year oh I imagine yeah he, he's like he doesn't, I don't doesn't doesn't care if he wins the Super Bowl no. doesn't care if he starts next no. year he just wants him to win rookie of the year yeah. so he can tell me he was I don't right. know if he's a Brock Purdy fan I think he just saw something in two like, games and said, oh, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't even know if he likes the guy. Like most of Las Vegas, he just will be elated when Tyler is wrong. 
which is fair because I'm usually elated when everybody else is wrong. Um, the finalist. <laughs> what? You mean the guy who opened the show with both coaches of UNLV and, and the Golden Knights should be listening they to should you? Be. Tune in. Uh, the finalists for MVP, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, one non-quarterback, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Mahomes is running away with Pat this. Pat Mahomes, run, runaway winner. Hurts maybe would have had a chance yeah. if he didn't get hurt late in the season. Uh, Burrow and Allen didn't have years as good as Hurts or Mahomes. And then Justin Jefferson. Jefferson was great, but it's just... It's going to be a quarterback. Right. I don't it's, give that award. <laughs> right. I mean, people can complain about it, but... If you're going to give out a most valuable award, it's going to be a quarterback. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Like we talk, just look at the contracts these guys are signing. That we know who the most valuable player it is. It's the quarterback. Yeah, the most important player. So that's where that stands. Here's the interesting one to me, though. Who's the coach of the year? I'll tell you one thing. With the clown showing he inherited, Doug Peterson would get my vote. <laughs> with the buffoonery that that guy inherited from the previous coach and what he had to do to get them to the playoffs. I and and win a game and come back with charge. I I'd actually I know it was voted on before the uh, playoffs, but I I would probably vote Doug Peterson. It's Dan Campbell, and it's not close. Dan Campbell <laughs> is not a finalist. He's not a finalist. I don't care. You're so here are your finalists. I uh, do not care. Brian Dable with the Giants, Kyle Shanahan with the Niners, Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, Sean McDermott with the Bills, and Doug Peterson with the Jags. Am I wrong? After spending the whole year dumping on the Vikings, am I wrong to say? Kendall should have been Kevin uh, O'Connell should be a finalist. No, 13. They won 13. They were not the favorites to win their division and they won 13 games. I didn't even think of Kendall when we were reading these names. I listen. I know I dumped on him the whole year. Everybody across the football world was in agreement. That team's a fraud. They're not really a 13 win team. It was a very special moment for all of us to be like, oh yeah, we know they're frauds. And then they lost their only playoff game to the giants, but they still won 13 games. They still ran away with that division. It still feels like he should be there ahead of uh, Doug McDermott or Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott, probably with the bills, Kyle Um, Shanahan, really good team. I think this, the note for Shanahan is they went through three quarterbacks. How many teams are making the playoffs on their third quarterback? How many teams Uh, are in the, Urban Meyer did it. AFC or <laughs> NFC championship game. Oh, I, I think, yeah, he, I mean, really good team, but I don't think, is there another team in the league that even makes the playoffs if they have to go to their third string quarterback? I'm sure Andy could have cooked something up. Chad, who's behind Chad? Chad I think Justin Reed. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it's, I think, I think he deserves to be on there. Will he win it? Probably not no. from this list. I think it's Brian Dable from the Giants. Finished third in the division. Made the playoffs. I know. I know he made the playoffs. Won I, a game. I think it's Brian so Peterson. I think that, well, it's not. It's just regular but season. But it's regular season. Yeah, yeah. It's regular season. So the postseason uh, irrelevant for this. I, if, I, if I were to make the argument between Peterson and Dable, Doug Peterson just cleaned up a moron's mess. Uh, right, it was a big mess. Right, but he just came in and he he he, he came was, in and didn't kick anyone he on was, the team. <laughs> Doug Peterson just had to not be Urban Meyer. That's all he had to do was just not uh, be Urban Meyer. Brian Dable fixed Daniel Jones. Like the Giants didn't franchise tag him, and they might give him a new deal because Brian Dable was that good. How so, pissed off do you have to be that you fix the guy that you don't want? Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. Yes. He was too good. He's like, oh, I should have sucked a little more.
I don't want this guy back. And now we got to sign him to a big deal because he was decent. And that's what we do with decent quarterbacks.